Welcome back for week 10 of the College Football Challenge. For those interested in the Beat the Host Challenge, you can find the link on our Facebook and Twitter page. So, Tater, what do you think about those rankings? There's a lot of, I think there's a lot of, there was a lot of trouble in the rankings, and I think it reared its ugly head this week. Well, I'll, I'll say this real quick. I don't think, and, I, and all the haters can go ahead and blow up Twitter. Ohio State is not the best team in the Big Ten. No. It showed itself, and they did not give Michigan any love at all. And I just think it's nauseating as a fan. And Michigan is clearly the better team in the Big Ten right now. We'll find out in a couple of weeks. I think it's the same thing with Alabama. I mean. In the recent decade since Saban's been there, I agree with that statement. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, sure. You get the benefit of the doubt, you know, when you go on a run like that. But these past couple of years have been a little different, even though they are one, only one year removed from a national championship. Right. But yeah. it just seems like seems like things are trending a different direction in the SEC. Georgia's definitely got a stranglehold on some things, and uh, I don't see that really changing anytime soon, unless a team like Florida or Tennessee figures it out in the East. Right, and like we were saying earlier, I think the coaches that can keep the portal from destroying their core of their team are going to be the successful teams in the near future until that gets figured out. Yeah, I think there's a reason why, I mean, if you, not to bring up the NFL, but there's a reason why they have a draft and that the core of their players come from from drafting and, and things like that. It's the same thing in college. The core of your players come from high school recruiting and you should keep it that way. Yeah, and it shows with Georgia. Georgia doesn't take a lot of transfers. They've gotten a couple here and there. Some guys transfer out, but they've had top one, two, three recruiting classes ever since Kirby's been there. He's built the depth and it shows. Oh yeah. It shows in the it fourth should. quarter. And yeah. that's what I mentioned about Michigan in a couple of episodes here. They they got stamina in the late in the third and through the fourth quarter, and that's something you were not seeing from Ohio State right now. Ohio State's defense is very suspect. You know, I think yeah, which is really surprising. Soon. They got a lot of talent on that team. I mean, they're the same. They they recruit in that top five range every year, so you know, it's kind of surprising to see them look sluggish for a 9-0 and team. Right. You know, same, th- same thing could have been said about Clemson last week, and then this week they get blown out by uh, Notre Dame, a 6-3 and three Notre Dame team. Yep. Did not see they, that coming, losing 21 they, in the fourth. Yeah. Our beloved dogs from the Dirty South, 27-13 over Tennessee. But I think you called that one out on the defense side of the ball. That's yeah. Weird. Georgia was able to stop them. Tennessee wasn't going to be able to do anything. Like, because they don't have a defense. And, and it, I was, I'm really surprised that Kirby took his foot off the gas in the second half. I did too. I was screaming at the TV. The wife were winning. I was like, no, we, this is a team that could put 21 on the board in five minutes. You can't give them a chance. Not trying yeah. to pit at least 45 or 50 on the board was a mistake, in my opinion. Even though we got the win, I think it was wrong not to keep pushing. Yeah, I definitely think they should have pushed harder, at least in the third quarter, because um, there was some life there that they, they got in the fourth that could have got ugly real quick if, uh, it didn't go Georgia's way, but Kirby said it. 
in his post game, nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. That was their theme, and they showed it. I mean, they dominated on defense. Ohio State Northwestern, and I saw a little bit of this in the uh, first half, and Ohio State looked very, very average. And yeah, some people were they, calling out the weather. Don't blame the weather for a poor performance. If if you've got a team like that and you can't run the ball and get more than 21 points in 60 minutes against a 1-8, in eight, I repeat, a 1-8 team, you got problems on offense. Yeah, if they definitely weren't weren't getting any kind of push up front. If your whole game is a receiving core, you're not going far in the playoffs. Because when you no. look at their running stats, their quarterback is about 40% of it. Yeah, you got to be able to run the ball, not just with your quarterback, but with your running backs. Yeah, I'm predicting it right now. Michigan's going to win it again this year against Ohio State. Mark it on your calendar. That'd be the first time they've lost back-to-back to Michigan. In a long time. Went back-to-back on Ohio State. Because they went like 10 years without beating them at all. Anyways. I found it. Hold on. Last back-to-back, most recent, was 99-2000. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of figured it was around that time. Yeah, it was in the 90s. Actually, Michigan was the more dominant team in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 7-3 on the split. Yeah, 2011 was the year that they uh, they fired Jim Trestle. Oh, yeah, okay, that's so funny. And they fired him, like, in the offseason because that uh, quarterback was selling his, uh, he sold his trophies or something like that uh, back when they couldn't do that sort of thing. So they got caught, got in trouble, got a bull ban. Yeah. Trestle got fired. So. It's about right around the same time Pete Carroll got mixed up with some stuff and he left for the NFL before the trouble showed up. Sound about right? Yeah. Carroll left after the 2010 season. Bush. Uh, he, yeah, he knew the Reggie Bush stuff was coming down the pipe. They were going to be in scholarship hell for the next five years. So, yeah, he got up out of there. Because Kiffin, remember, he left in the middle of the night from Tennessee and went to USC when Carroll left. I don't remember that. I yeah, I remember that. It was, it was pretty wild, actually. Yeah, I agree with that statement. Michigan is is on paper and on film looks a lot better yep. than Ohio State. What's your feeling on Notre Dame Clemson? What do you think I think Clemson is gonna fall into the next standing release from BCS? Uh eight or nine, maybe. Think so? Yeah, I don't think they fall out of the top ten. They might. But they got Louisville, Miami, South Carolina left on their schedule. So they're going to probably be possibly 11-2, and two, depending on which South Carolina team shows up and who Clemson starts at quarterback. Yeah, because they're going to end up still probably representing the ACC Atlantic. And yeah. the Tar Heels will probably still be the Coastal. I can see the Tar Heels winning that game, though. You think so? FSU's win against LSU looks really good in hindsight. However, if I think they replayed that game, LSU would beat the crap out of FSU. Right now, yes. I I think the beginning of the season for LSU, they were not clicking with a new offensive scheme. No. They had a lot of goofy stuff going on, you know. So, And LSU. Elephant in the room. Yes. LSU in overtime, 32-31 over Alabama. You know, I was really, I was really surprised by this. I actually went to sleep 
before this game was over. And uh, I couldn't believe they put 15 more points up after I went to sleep. <laughs> it was looking like one of those just classic Alabama LSU games going to be nine to six or something. It's going to be a low score. Yeah. I, I checked out, didn't realize it. And I woke up, checked my scores on my phone this morning. And I was like, Oh, MG, let me go find the replay. And uh, what a football game in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I think, uh, I think more and more you're seeing coaches want to get the game over with, uh, and just go for the win in overtime going for two. I just, I've seen it a lot more. I've, I'm seeing it. It's more of a trend now that, and it's usually the team that gets the ball second. I, well, obviously, of course, duh, but still point stands. I've seen a lot more coaches go for it, go for that kill shot. In the rather first, than trying first to, OT. Yeah. Rather than try and drag overtime out. Yeah. Cause it's starting on the second OT. They got to go for two anyway. Right. I think after that, you're just going for, you get one play from the two yard line or whatever. It's two points until somebody doesn't score. TCU's yeah. 9 and 0, 6 and 0 in conference, obviously. And we got Texas sitting, even with the loss to Kansas State. Kansas State this weekend? No, they, no, they pulled it off. <laughs> they pulled it off. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Texas what is a, 4 and 2 in conference, 6 and 3 overall. What a bummer of a championship game, if that's what it is. It's trending that way. I mean, Baylor's behind them. They're all tied up. So that's going to hurt. It's going to hurt TCU. In rankings, I think so. I think if it comes down to like 11-1 Tennessee or 12-0 TCU, I think 11-1 Tennessee probably gets in. I think 11-1 team may push them out. Yeah. And then you got Oregon sitting over there. 8-1. I think the Oregon might be that team that pushes TCU out. Because or- whatever happened with Oregon in the beginning of the year, they do not look like that team. Or well, I think that's I think that's just the Georgia effect. Georgia effect, same effect. You got a hold of Tennessee. Yeah, I don't think that game would be too much different if they played again. To be honest with you. However, yeah, it might be. It might be a little bit closer. I don't think it would be quite the blowout that it was. I also think that if Tennessee and Georgia were to rematch in the playoffs, I think that game would be a little bit different too. I think it'd be a real close game. I think it'd be a very yeah. close game. I think Tennessee finds some uh, some adjustments in the film there. Yep. Josh Heupel's not a not a bad coach. He's been on, you know, he, he coached or he quarterbacked a very good Oklahoma team, and then he coached for a very good Oklahoma team under Bob Stoops. He got California USC. Not much to see there, even though it was closer than it should have been. Not much defense being played on that field. Yeah. Arizona Utah Utah walks away with it. Fairly decent team. Yeah, Penn State over Indiana, that was expected. Looking at the standings, I think it's pretty, it's it's fairly interesting. You got North Carolina and Duke right behind them. And then you got Clemson and Syracuse. Not your normal standings there. No, not at all. The Duke Blue Devils winning football in the ACC. Oklahoma State, Kansas. Kansas gets the rebound, gets back on the winning side of things with a with a big win over Oklahoma State. That Oklahoma State offense, I guess they, everyone's got it figured out now because they started off strong, was spitting up numbers, and then right now they're looking pretty flat. They're uh, they're starting quarterbacks injured. He hasn't been playing, so that the kid that's playing is a true freshman, I believe. 
Two, I mean, he's 27 of 4,300 yards and two TDs, um, but he can't do it all himself, especially not as a true freshman. So you got to have some help. I'm sure he had some turnovers, you know, rookie mistakes, stuff like that. So, yeah, big win for Kansas. Uh, they get bowl eligible first time in God knows how long. Tulane, Tulane's putting up some numbers this year at 8-1. and one. Yeah, I think they're the best uh, uh, group of five team, mid-major team in the country. Uh, taking that Cincinnati spot this year. Uh, Syracuse goes down to Pittsburgh. I think they're on a three-game losing streak, Syracuse. Yeah, I don't know what's going yep. on in Syracuse. Is that the quarterback issue? Yeah, it's, it's same, same, same thing. Quarterback got hurt. They're playing a backup. Um, so I guess the backups in the, on these teams are just... Carlos Del Rio is, uh, is, I think, the Syracuse backup. He transferred from Florida. I know he hasn't played much football on the college level, so he's, he might as well be a true freshman. Let's see, Schrader had 19 sacks, and and Del Rio has had nine since he's took the ball. So, yeah, they're, they're struggling. Now, Wake Forest let me down. I picked them to win this game. I did, too. I did not see NC State winning this one. I mean, you never know. But I didn't think they had enough defense to slow down Wake Forest. Thought it would have been a closer game than this. I thought it would have been like 34, 30 or something like that. I think it says something about the – because North Carolina State is also starting a, a backup quarterback, uh, and he's uh, he, he's been pulling his weight the last couple of weeks. Uh, NC State's hanging in there. Uh, they only lost two games, so they're right there kind of in it in the standings if, if uh, some stuff happens above them. Syracuse losing, so NC State should be in second place, right behind Clemson. Clemson drops another game. You could have a could have something going on there. NC State's got Boston College, Louisville, and they still got to play North Carolina. So, what do you think about that. Week Eleven? We got Alabama and Ole Miss at Ole Miss. I think this could be. I think this could be Nick Saban's probably worst year at Alabama, outside of the first year he was there. The way they the way they've been looking on offense, they just don't look inspired at all. And they were saying this was supposed to be the year for this team because last year was pretty much a, a very young team, and this is supposed to have been the year they took off clicking. Yeah, but it don't appear to be that seem, way. No, it don't seem that way. I don't know. It's I don't know if I don't think it's the quarterback. I think Bryce Bryce Young's a, a really good quarterback. Um, I'm not really sure what's going on. They just don't seem to be clicking. Defense is not what it once was, giving up a lot of points. All right. UCF and Tulane, American Conference. 72 UCF, Tulane, 8 and 1. I'll take Tulane. It's a spread. Minus 2, 51 and a half is the over under. Yeah, I'll take Tulane to cover. And we got Georgia at Mississippi. I don't think that's going to be a. Big debate there. No. Oregon at Oregon. Got 72 Washington coming to town. I'd like to think Oregon will cover that. Line is 11. Good. Baylor, Kansas State. Yeah. We got Baylor by three and a half. Maybe. (laughs) They're at Waco, but. uh, And then you got your potential championship game. TCU and Texas coming up next yeah. week. Yeah. Well, if Texas loses, 
Texas loses this game. Baylor wins. That's, that's your matchup. Yeah. Until something else changes, but yeah. California, Oregon State. Uh, Oregon, yeah, should, Oregon State should take care of that. Utah, Stanford. Utah should handle business there. And UCLA, Arizona. UCLA should handle business in that game. Should, keyword. Good. They're good. They're, they got a 19-point spread. Utah's got 23. They're giving Utah 23 points. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. They're giving Alabama 12 points right now on Ole Miss. I don't see it, man. Uh, yeah, I'd take, the, I'd take the spread on that. Yeah, I'd hammer, I'd hammer Ole Miss on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take the spread. <laughs> That's just my two cents. But I've been wrong several times this year so far. So, so what would you call your top four? Right now? Right now. I'd g- if you lined them up tomorrow, what's your top four? In no particular order. Well, obviously, George, yeah, you got Georgia number one. I take Michigan number two, TCU number three. I probably put Tennessee at number four. Okay, one lost Tennessee. It wouldn't be the first time. I mean, we've seen uh, Alabama snake in what twice with a one loss to the uh, playoff. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'd like yeah, Ohio, to see Ohio, Ohio State just doesn't look. They don't look like a playoff team to me. I think uh, they're going to drop drop a game, possibly two. I think they're going to lose to Michigan. And that's going to seal the deal on that. I think uh, right now LSU's the best two-loss team in the country. Yeah, I just don't see them. Even if they went out, I don't see them getting in with a two-loss. Oh, no. Nah, not nah, this nah. year. I think they uh, they probably end up depending on how the the conference stuff works out. I think they probably end up in the Sugar Bowl. Should be pretty good for Brian Kelly's first year. Yeah, uh, that'd be a check mark. Can see Oregon. I don't know what the playoff games are this year, but if if the Rose Bowl isn't in the rotation, I could see Oregon, Ohio State. Yeah, I just don't see with TCU schedule this year with some of these teams just foundering away middle of the season that they're going to have enough schedule to boost them into the number four spot, even if they went out. That's not to say Texas don't show up and upset them. Yeah. Yeah, Texas. I mean, Texas could upset them. And uh, TCU has, I mean, even this past week, the first half they were playing from behind. It was a pretty close game for a little bit, and then they pulled away. So I don't think, I think just kind of the way the setup is, you know, if they win their conference, they're 9-0 and or 12-0, and 13-0, whatever it is. I think it's hard to keep them out over, you know, I don't know, one loss Oregon, Pac-12 champion Oregon or something like that. I'm not sure who 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 gets in there. You know, they they might view Ohio State as a better team on uh, on paper than TCU, even with a one loss to Michigan. That's possible. Also, you know, they talk about they're talking about expanding the playoff, and maybe they've already come to an agreement. I don't know. And there's a eight team model out there, and there's a twelve team model out there. Well, if you look at it right now, the whole reason they want to explain, expand the playoff is because on multiple occasions, you've had an all-SEC. It's the same thing. It's the same reason they originally went to a playoff. It's because you had the LSU-Alabama National Championship game in the BCS. Well, they've had two instances of all-SEC National Championships. But if you look at it right now, let's just say they went to a 12-team playoff. You'd have one, two, three, four, five SEC teams. 
in a 12-team playoff. It's the same thing. It, it, you'd end up, hell, you might end up with semi, semifinals is all, that's all SEC, depending on how it shakes out. True, true. It, it, I don't know. It's, I don't think anyone will ever be happy with it. And it, This goes back to the years where all you heard was USC or Oklahoma or Ohio State is all they ever talked about in the media. And then they get to the damn the big game and get their ass handed to them. Right. And every now and then they'd win one, but that's all you'd hear about. It's like everyone that was an announcer either graduated from A, B, or C, and that's the only team that came out their mouth for about 15 years. And you still yeah. hear it. I'm looking at the FCS playoff bracket from last year. Well, what you got? They do one, two, so they have a 2014 playoff. For football? For football. No, I think they play 10 games. So they play 10-game schedule and possibly, if you win it, 16, 15, or 16. So I could see us, I could see them eventually expanding to that point. Yeah, and then now we're back to the semi-pro football. Right. That's all I have to say about that. I don't think at this point from where from where college football is, if you expand it to eight or twelve, I think you're gonna end up with similar results and it's not really gonna matter much. You're just putting more wear and tear on the kids. Uh, yeah, that that's the problem I have with it. If you got guys that are really looking forward to the next level, they're gonna not play late season risking injury and then it's gonna put the team at risk of not performing. I think if you want to if you want to expand expand the playoff fine, but you need to dial back the, the schedules. Season. Yeah, go to a ten game schedule, nine conference game. You get one warm up and make it highly competitive. That makes more sense than anything I've heard in a while. Yeah, what's what's logic got to do with it? I don't know. They just keep expanding the NFL too. Yeah. Playing 18, 18 games now, seventeen games on now. Are they? And then you got the playoffs. You could end up playing. 22 one 22 games a lot of a lot of football a lot of hits so alabama has the number one class right now and there is no uh signing class cap but usually there's a 25 uh signing limit um that they put in place several years ago well that went out the window this year they said you can sign as many as you want you see alabama signing a lot of players and then I think Nick Saban, I think Nick Saban knows he's got, I think he's got a really young team. I think that's part of his problem. They had a um, historic recruiting class in 2021. And then this year they're on track to have an even better recruiting class than that class. So it's not like the talent's not there. I think he. I think he's just got a really young team, and he he did take in some transfers this past year. He took in uh, Burton from Georgia. He took in Ricks from LSU. But sometimes, I mean, sometimes that just doesn't work. You know, guys don't pan out or they don't fit your system the way you thought they would. Whatever. Yeah. Don't be surprised. If you see Hugh Freeze back in the SEC next year at Auburn. Who? Hugh Freeze. 
You remember, he's the one who got fired from Ole Miss for cheating. Back in like 2016, there was a big deal came out with a bunch of recruits getting paid. You have to look that up. Uh, we'll Google it then. All right. We'll come back around to that. Yeah. So he, he took a year or two off and then he, he landed a job at Liberty and he's been doing good ever since. Just wait. You know, he's got to rebuild his reputation and all that. And just wait on his next gig. I think I remember some of the shit on ESPN. He was in a, they had some video footage of him in a bar somewhere. That guy. No, that was Urban Meyer. <laughs> it was not that recent, Urban. but okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Urban, Meyer. Urban Meyer was getting a lap dance from some chick in a bar. Yeah. Moving on. I was looking at the uh, offensive leaders this year. You know who's number one for passing? That's a bit it. Nope. Who? Michael Penix Jr. from Washington, 3,232 yards. Nice. Chase Brown from Illinois with 1,344 yards. Really? I can't make it up. You're right. Will Rogers broke Dak Prescott's uh, passing records at uh, Mississippi State past weekend. What were you going to say? Receiving yards. Rasheed Rice from SMU was 1,068. Is, is no one double teaming this kid? Oh, did you? Oh, let's talk about that. I didn't even think about that. That didn't even cross my mind. Let's talk about SMU. SMU. Let me pull it up. Most points scored in a college game between two teams, I think, ever. Do what? Yeah, I miss. Yeah. Ah, wait till I tell you the score. SMU in Houston. Yeah. yeah 77 to 63. Holy smoke. 140 points scored in a college game. That's wild. It was 49 to like 35 a half or whatever. 49. Yeah, 49 35 a half. That's crazy. That's more like a scrimmage game with no defense. I think they were playing seven on seven. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. Nobody, nobody showed up for that game. Please, if anybody has any questions or comments, hit us up at primecohesion at gmail.com or head to our Facebook page at uh, Prime Cohesion on Facebook and uh, leave some comments. We'd appreciate it.